Incorporating AI into your business can be a delicate balance between speed and intelligence. That's why you might want to consider the Claude 3 family models from Anthropic for your enterprise AI. Haiku is their light and fast model, Opus is their most powerful model capable of high order thinking, and Sonnet is the best combination of both speed and intelligence. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone, from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is the 738th interview Walter Isaacson has done to explain himself for that Elon Musk biography. Just kidding. This is On with Kara Swisher, and I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Naima Raza. The 738th, but surely it will be the most riveting. Yeah, exactly. You know, no, it actually will. I've watched quite a few of them, and Mm -hmm. they sort of ask the same questions, and and he gives the same answers. So I'm very excited to talk to him because I know him super well, and Mm -hmm. uh, we've had a, we've had a wrangling about this issue yeah. before, and we're going to have one now. I wonder if Elon will take to X nay Twitter to boost this one, like he did uh, no. Walter's interview with Lex Friedman. No, no. So Walter Isaacson is our guest today. He's the biographer known for his epic treatments of Steve Jobs, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Jennifer Doudna, to name a few. He's also a repeat offender on our podcast, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. Yeah. We had him on in March when you interviewed him live at the New Orleans Book Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew we'd have him back on, but my producer instinct was like not to get him out the gate because, mm-hmm. which we could have done, but to wait yeah. to see how the cookie crumbled with this biography. And Kara, yeah. how has the cookie crumbled? Well, it, you know, there's controversy from the get-go over the Starlink error he made, um, which I'm surprised he made it. And that Elon pushed back and then he looked like he was sucking up to Elon. It was a it, it was it wasn't great, um, mm-hmm. but it was a major factual error. It just was. Um, and then the the reviews and coverage are from the New York Times, Washington Post, everywhere are not flattering. They talk about access journalism quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and and about whether this is too kind to him. Um, mm-hmm. I have no doubt it will sell tons and tons of copies because yeah. people like these things. And in other countries too, it's not just the states, right? Because no. in China, it's selling like hotcakes. Apparently, mm-hmm. a place where the culture hasn't shifted as much, and they will be reading this, uh, pouring over this. Yeah. How did he get that rocket up? You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. That should so. be the tagline of the book. Um, that's what they should have titled it. But the book has been critiqued for by all these reporters, especially Brian Merchant's review in the LA Times, as being too flattering of Elon Musk. Merchant called it an Isaacson Accord kind of. A, trade between the subject and the biographer and all of Isaacson's biographies. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does call him, Isaacson does call Elon Musk mercurial, maniacal, cruel. Mm-hmm. He, he comes off as a boyfriend you don't want, a boss you don't want, a dad mm-hmm. you might not want. It's mm-hmm. it's hardly glowing. No. 
But you can't ignore that. I mean, it's, yeah. it, you just can't, like that's like that's why he is. I just think it's it's larded over with a lot of, of praise, is what it is, and and excuses for the behavior. Yeah. Um, and I get it. I get it. It's really inspirational, aspirational. The stuff he's done around, especially around the car, uh, Tesla, mm-hmm. and around rocketry, he pushes forward. You know, he does things like he switches out a. Uh, a valve and it works better than anything else, uh, mm-hmm. like ten times. And I'm like, okay, he's he's good at cutting costs. Like, okay, or he like says, let's launch it anyway. And most of the time it works because most yeah. of the time you don't, you know, get shot in the head. Um, but sometimes it doesn't. I sort of was like, oh, just stop making excuses for this behavior. Yeah, I always like reading the prologue of a biography because the author kind of tells you what to think. It's a mise en place uh, of the book, and he in this one, it's you know, it's Elon growing up in a violent home in a violent country. He goes to this Lord of the Flies boot camp. He's mm-hmm. it, he's on his way to an anti-apartheid concert. It even says he loves puppies and was willing to kind of wait his own, you know, delay his own medical treatment to save a puppy. Mm-hmm. It'll make sense when you read it, and you know, gets access to his father, who is... Who is just a really, jerk. A really dark soul. Just, just a jerk. And the wives and baby mamas are making excuses for him. So the p- prologue kind of excuses a lot. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. And I, lots of people have terrible parents. I mm-hmm. had a terrible stepfather. I'm not out doing this. You know, I. Uh, it's just, I just, a lot of people had lots of experiences like this. And so I, does it excuse it because we get a cheaper rocket or a electric car? I, according to Walter, yes. Yeah. What is your overall emotion that you feel while reading this book? Or you... Boredom. 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 Boredom, yeah. I don't think it makes him soaring. I think he's a, he is a fascinating figure. And it's, uh, it's I, I saw this, and then I saw this, and then I saw this. And I, I get the pluses of that. Is it boring to you because you know every detail? Um, <laughs> or many details? There are new details and newsworthy details in here. I was riveted to his Franklin biography. I mm. thought it was really fast. I didn't even know, I knew it was going to happen next, but I didn't, right? And yeah. so the, the, in the telling, it was maybe because he was dead. I uh, may have felt more freedom, I guess. I don't know. Boredom is a big critique. <laughs> rocket, rocket, rocket. Oh, it worked. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but the three other important critiques, I think, that we want to ask him about, pointing out what's missing that should have been in there. So who, sure. who should um, he have spoken to that he didn't speak to? Not enough sources. All out mm-hmm. of Elon's friends. And then to that second question. He does footnote a lot of things, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of he said, she said, or he said, he said in this book. Mm-hmm. And it's unclear, mm-hmm. you know, what is fact and what is gospel or... Or he's just making it up. And my instinct is he's making it up. Elon's making it up, you're saying, not yeah. Walter. No, not Walter. I think he's an excellent journalist. He doesn't lie. And then the third critique has been it's not deep enough or scrutinizing enough or skeptical enough. Mm-hmm. So those are all, I think, fair critiques that we should ask mm-hmm. him about. hundred percent. But you're not surprised because the last time we spoke to him, you said afterwards, like, Walter is a camera. Yeah, he's being a camera. He talked about being silent while he was writing it, and he's t- talked about that. And I think that's right. You sit and watch, right? Mm-hmm. You don't argue. Um, and you just see, see, see. He had an unprecedented access for two years. Um, at some point, I want him to say what he thinks. Hmm. So, What if what he thinks is that he likes Elon, like the way you say you like Reed Hoffman or you like? Then he should just say it. Then he should say it a little more clearly. You don't think he's saying that in the book? N- no. No. Own it. Own it. He's gotten so much critique writing this, including from fellow journalists. Do you think that he made a mistake, Walter, in that in writing Elon's legacy, he's kind of soured his own? No, no. This will be a bestseller. So I think he'll be just fine. I think yeah. Walter Isaacs will be just fine. <laughs> You're not so, worried about Walter Isaacs. I'm not Isaac's worried. Sad. And, you know, he's had a really long and laudable career in many ways. And so, you know, we can argue about this book. That's all. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Walter Isaacson. 
support for this episode comes from SAS. How is AI affecting how you learn, work, and socialize? And what do you need to know to make responsible use of it as a business leader, worker, and human in the world? Find out when you listen to Pondering AI, a podcast featuring candid conversations with experts from across the AI ecosystem. Pondering AI explores the impact and implications of AI for better and for worse with a diverse group of innovators, advocates, and data scientists. Check out Pondering AI wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. When's the last time you've had something made just for you? It feels special. It doesn't really matter what the item was or how much it cost. It just feels good to get something personal with your needs in mind. And NetSuite wants to give you that same feeling with something tailor-made for your business. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash on netsuite.com slash on netsuite.com slash on so i've really been looking forward to this i really have i first want to say congratulations on the book it's getting a ton of attention and will no doubt be a bestseller for many weeks ahead or months um but i have to say it's turned out as i expected it would when we talked in new orleans as you remember we had kind of a tough interview and we had disagreements which is fine let me just be clear walter and i are friends um we have disagreements just like friends and this is a professional disagreement so i just want to know are you ready for a hardcore interview because hardcore is what life is all about apparently hardcore is what uh, musk keeps talking about That's he ridiculous. walked into that twitter headquarters everybody was psychologically nurturing and friendly yes and he said we got to be hard of course. Oh, I guess I can please, expect you're going to do that. It's hustle porn is what I like to call it, <laughs> along with entrepreneur porn and everything else. But let me read you my mini review of your Musk bio. Sad and smart son slowly morphs into mentally abusive father he abhors, except with rockets, cars, and more money. Often right, sometimes wrong. Petty jerk always. Might be crazy in a good way, but also a bad way. Pile oh babies, not Steve Jobs. You're welcome. And that is my review of your book. I read it. <laughs> and, I sort of nodded. Yeah. And I said, okay, let me go through each and every word. Okay. And it's like, wow, maybe I should have had you write the last chapter. Yes, I should have. So let's talk about how would you characterize the reception and reaction of the book in general? How would you characterize it? Well, he's got so many fanboys that think he walks on water, and he's got so many enemies that thinks he's truly evil. And I was kind of surprised that most of the reviews and most of the discussion was pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some uh, critical reviews, like uh, the one on The Guardian, mm -hmm. I think you pointed out. Yeah. That was a, a thoughtful, you know, legitimate mm -hmm. criticism of the book. I haven't, now maybe because my wife is shielding me from it or something, I haven't seen things that uh, were, like, massively unfair. But mm -hmm. let me tell you something. Uh, my daughter told me, after the book comes out, just shut off reading uh, what is now called X. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen uh, what may be either 
wet kisses or uh, mm-hmm. darts being mm-hmm. slung at me on that. So you're platform. not on X. You're not on X right oh, now. I'm on, but I haven't gone. Been, I don't go through the yourself. notifications anymore. Right. Well, it's it's mixed, I would say, um, and a lot focused on you. Have you heard from uh, Elon about the book? No, a uh, couple of text messages. I mean, a couple of postings he did on mm-hmm. X. Mm-hmm. I think I I know I either read or saw where he said that he hadn't read the book and jokingly mm-hmm. said Walter told him not to read it, which uh-huh. of course has some yeah. virtue of truth because I said, man, I, I want to be by, you know, right along with you. I want you to be totally transparent. Let me in every meeting, but you have no control over this book. And I don't want you to read it in advance. Right. So no private exchanges. I know you were with him a few days ago with Lex Friedman, right? right. I was did the Lex podcast, and mm-hmm. afterwards we were together, and uh, somewhat oddly, mm-hmm. he didn't talk about the book. I didn't talk about the book. Mm-hmm. You know, it was— um, So you ended cordially. You you have ended— I guess, you know, there's—Elon uh, Musk is not an emotionally connective, uh, nurturing, or— whatever person. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit uh, just very professional as it's Mm -hmm. always been. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been like he either hugs me or slugs me. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Um, Have you heard from other sources like Errol Musk, his father? Yeah. What does he have to say? I think um, he sent me pictures of the kids when they were young looking Mm -hmm. fit. And he said, how could Anybody think that I was treated them badly or psychologically mm-hmm. badly? That said, uh, I've had many communications with him over because he is the somewhat of a Darth Vader, I guess, mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah, and he sent me many pictures over the years, and I tried in the book mm-hmm. to allow him to have his say, mm-hmm. even though uh, Kimball Musk, Elon Musk, Tosca Musk, May Musk obviously say that he was very psychologically dark at times. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We'll get to that a little bit more in the mess, but I, first I've got to go to the news, actually, the, the factual accuracy about Elon's decisions about Starlink in the Ukraine in September 22. Um, in the book, you detail, um, it was an inaccuracy, actually, you detail upon discovering the Ukrainian military was planning attack on Crimea using drones powered by Starlink. Elon, quote, secretly told his engineers to turn off coverage within 100 kilometers of the Crimean coast. Elon denied this there was no coverage to turn in. Instead, he said, quote, he refused to act upon a request from Ukraine, presumably to reopen the Starlink access. And let me just tell you a story, because I've tried to be as transparent as I can. Mm-hmm. It was one evening, and uh, he told me, I mean, uh, that they were launching the secret attack, a drone attack, drone submarines using Starlink, and he was not going to allow it. He was not allowing it to happen, mm-hmm. that the subs are going to wash ashore. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, he wasn't going to allow them to use Starlink. Right. I made a mistake thinking he made that decision that night. Mm-hmm. In fact, what he did that night was he just reaffirmed that decision. As you've seen in the book, there mm-hmm. are all these text messages, mm-hmm. got to turn it on, and he was saying no. Right. So uh, I should have said it, and I'd now say, instead of he turned it off, mm-hmm. he reaffirmed the decision to have mm-hmm. it um, geofenced. Right. And I do think, I'm not trying to be too defensive because I've tried Mm -hmm. to be real open about this. Mm -hmm. I don't think it really changes it that that night he gets to decide whether or not Ukraine Mm -hmm. gets Mm -hmm. to attack Crimea Mm -hmm. and who put this power in his hands. And if you read the rest of it, because it's all text messages, Mm -hmm. it's not just Crimea, the Mm -hmm. uh, Mm 100-kilometer geofencing there, which he reaffirmed as Mm -hmm. opposed to started that night. 
but he's actually changing in the Donbass and eastern right. Ukraine. Yes, that's and right. And Fedorov is saying things like, this is my home village. My parents are there. Right. You can't tell me that's an offensive thing when we go mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. it's larger. And I wanted to make very clear, you know, OK, the geofencing had been in place. And the decision that night mm-hmm. was to deny the Ukrainian request. But it gave him a lot of power. Yes, it certainly did. It, it obviously required a correction because it was a Washington Post excerpt. Um, mm-hmm. And you have said you've made a mistake here. You went online to tweet a correction or clarification. They asked Elon to enable it for their drone sub-attack for the Russian fleet. Musk did not enable it because he thought probably correctly it would cause a major war. I get the need for the correction, but did you have to add probably correctly? It seemed that that really... Yeah, I don't know. Um, that, I mean, that struck first of me all, as, one point that I was trying to make, which is why it was so dramatic at the time, mm-hmm. is the Ukrainians did not know mm-hmm. it was geofenced. Mm-hmm. They did not know that there was a policy in place saying 100 kilometers, your subs are going to go out. Mm-hmm. So that's why they thought that this had just happened that night. Mm-hmm. What Musk told me, uh, and and he he's apocalyptic, as you know. Mm-hmm. He yes. believes that everything is either the end of the world or the greatest success for humanity. Mm-hmm. And so he believed that had there been a Pearl Harbor-like sneak attack that sunk the Russian fleet in in Crimea, Mm -hmm. that that would have led, he said, to a nuclear war. I did not believe that, and that's why I didn't put in a nuclear, probably correctly, a nuclear war. I just said it was going to lead to... All right, but why major. would you say probably correctly? Because it, it was a major war. They invaded their country. Like it was... Well, it's definitely a major war. Yeah, mm-hmm. Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The question is whether then all of NATO and it becomes a much wider war with perhaps mm-hmm. tactical nuclear weapons. Uh, I do, you know, have... I've, I've got a lot of interest in sure. Ukraine war and I right. support Ukraine. Right. I do know that there is a Russian laws and doctrine that attack mm-hmm. on the homeland, you know, will lead to a certain type of response, including, I don't want to... Which they've done elsewhere, and it hasn't led to nuclear war. Right, right. And uh, I think had the entire uh, Russian fleet in Sevastopol mm-hmm. uh, been sunk by a, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you call sneak attack, mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor-like attack... Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that would have escalated things. All right, let me get let me get a better question. What does it reveal about his power intentions, and why is he get what? Why is he in this position of which he is entirely unqualified? It's just guessing, Walter. Come on, like he doesn't have. Why is he in the position, position. to turn off? And what do you? On- what does it reveal about his power? DOD should be making these mistakes, well, mistakes yes. or non-mistakes. Or should I mean, be I don't give them advice. But mm-hmm. that night, mm-hmm. I said, like any normal person, mm-hmm. what have you talked to General Mark Milley, the mm-hmm. head of the Joint Chiefs? Have you talked to Jake mm-hmm. Sullivan, mm-hmm. National Security? And he goes, yeah. And they ended up talking. Mm-hmm. Now, he has said, and I don't know this because he didn't mm-hmm. tell me, but he's said it subsequently in the past few days, that had they made a request for him to turn on Starlink, he would have done so. something. I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you mm-hmm. that this is his mindset about the power she had. But I thought it was weird that he had this much power. Mm-hmm. And so what he does after talking to them, 
And I think, but you may push back at me, mm-hmm. it was the right decision, which is, all right, I'm going to make a deal. SpaceX is going to make a deal with the U.S. Defense Department and its intelligence agencies, and we are going to outright sell a certain number of Starlinks mm-hmm. to the Defense Department, to the CIA, and we're even going to create a military version of it, mm-hmm. which I don't know exactly the difference, except for that it's more sharply focused, and call it Star Shield, and the U.S. government gets to Decides. decide how it's done. Right. Well, that's actually the right outcome. Yes. Yes, presumably. I, it's another issue of why the Defense Department found itself in this really uncomfortable Now, let me situation. go there, if you don't mind. Sure, Because you asked, how did we get in this position? Mm-hmm. And this is not a defense of Elon trying to bestride the world. But why is it that when Russia invades Ukraine, Viasat doesn't work? These are just denial of service attacks the mm-hmm. Russians are doing. Mm-hmm. The U.S. military has Ukrainian military has no communication. Mm-hmm. There's only one set of communication satellites that withstand the uh, attacks by the Russians. And so one reason he's in this position— Or maybe they this, didn't attack it, but go ahead. There, if I want Oh, to, I said th- no, no. As okay. far as right. he told me— And once again, you you could say, he said, we had hundreds and hundreds of attempted attacks from the Mm -hmm. Russians, but Starlink didn't go down. Russians were trying, of course they were trying to take it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were, and trying to knock it out, and they didn't. So this is not a defense of him bestriding the world, Mm -hmm. but what the hell is NASA doing? What Mm -hmm. the hell is the defense agent? Why can't Viasat, why can't Boeing The w- solution to this is other people should be able to make them. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos and, you know, Amazon, they've not got any of their satellites in mm-hmm. orbit. So he's in this position. And by the way, U.S. Uh, intelligence satellites, mm-hmm. the ones the CIA and the intelligence put up into high Earth orbit, the only way they can get into high Earth orbit is the Falcon. Yes, I'm aware. And I'm aware. SpaceX. NASA can't launch them. Boeing can't launch them. So if you want to fix it, you got to have competing companies. And you also have to understand, for better or worse, how did Musk end up being the only person who's got 5,000 satellites, got uh, rockets that can take things into high Earth orbit, rockets that can reland and reuse themselves? That's what the book is about, too. And I know that seems like I'm praising him, mm-hmm. but it is true. Boeing, I'm sure it's run by really nice people, but Boeing can't get astronauts into orbit. I think one of the things I am finding missing, even though you say it, it's not quite as explicit as I expect it, which is it doesn't grapple with all the different kinds of power in the hands of one, unelected, unaccountable, and I go so far as to say unstable in many ways, individual. We're seeing it writ large constantly on Twitter, even if it might be performance art. Rowan Farrow's New York article did grapple uh, directly with this uh, as a matter of consequence for a national security and democracy. Um, Did you feel you should have leaned into this more? I think you're right that I do say it in the book. And I think you can say it's a valid criticism. I don't lean into it more and say it Mm -hmm. uh, much more vibrantly. But I do. I'll say it right now. Mm -hmm. I think an unelected official having control over the only communication satellite and deciding on that night whether to enable or, you know, disenable or not enable, Mm -hmm. as I got right in the book, both the attack on the Crimea and also in the Donbass. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be in the hands of one unelected person. And I'll say it even further, an unelected person who's mercurial, has a global, you know, epic sense, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I say it, and if you want to, and your criticism I know mm-hmm. is, I should say it more loudly and say it more often. Now, someday I'm going to write a book mm-hmm. called Burn Book, and I'm going to say <laughs> everything really loudly. Well, I'm going to be really loud. But uh, is he unqualified? Do you think he's unqualified to make these decisions? I think, yeah, I think I'm unqualified. I think that anybody now, you know, who thought that somebody of your and my generation would say we should leave this to the CIA, you know, mm-hmm. and not, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up worrying about that. But sure. now I think, no, the U.S. government, its intelligence agencies have the intelligence, meaning the information, to mm-hmm. make decisions like this. It shouldn't be me. It shouldn't be Jeff Bezos. It shouldn't be Elon Musk. And I'll put Elon Musk even more in that category because he's more mercurial. And, of course, in Burn I'm, Book, you would use a tougher word than that Well, uh, than yes. most people. Well, we'll get to that. All right. One theory was offered by that L.A. Times review by Brian Merchant, this kind of idle framing of Elon Musk, which happens. He describes there may be a, quote, tacit pact between the author and subject in the Isaacson Great Man biography. The author will unearth unflattering personal anecdotes and share stories about the subject's capacity to be cruel. In exchange, the subject greatness will be treated as an assumption or raison d'etre for the book itself in honor of Isaacson habit of using pithy, memorable phrases to describe a phenomenon, we might call it the Isaacson Accord. Is is there an Isaacson Accord? I didn't read all that. Yeah. I didn't read it, but I, <laughs> there's some merit there. I that mean, made I me think, laugh. I can't remember the, uh, I, I'm not sure I want to dub it that, but we'll <laughs> call it the Accord. Uh, okay. I haven't seen that. But um, yeah, you read the first part, which is that I share or recount or tell a lot of stories that show the dark side and how mm-hmm. bad he is. Mm-hmm. And then I think the the uh, commentary is that I also then show that he is a uh, important, influential, consequential, larger-than-life mm-hmm. person. I think I cop a plea to that, mm-hmm. meaning I hope I show over and over again uh, the lack of empathy, the jerkiness. There's a word that begins with A that I'm sure is in Burns' book that I actually say. use well, he in called, my book many he ca- times. He about called him. me an asshole. He called you one? Oh, sure. Yeah. In, a, in an email. Yeah. Okay. But I do uh, talk about him being not only mercurial, but at times just, uh, you know, going from weird personality to weird personality. Mm -hmm. And I think there are enough tales, probably more than enough, that show the difficulty, the assholicness or whatever the Mm -hmm. adjective is Mm -hmm. in the book. And yeah, as you say, the the Mm -hmm. essay you quote says in in return, I you know, we talk about he has It's a an deal you make for getting to get that access. I mean, I think it's over access journalism, you know, the but idea it's, of- I do think he's had an incredibly large impact Certainly. as well. Yeah. So I'm not, I haven't, I don't know exactly the nuances of what that commentary is. But yes, it's true that I wouldn't be writing about Elon Musk had he not been the only person who can get you know, astronauts into the sure, space. Sure, but station. let me ask you the, the accusation of access journalism. Listen, I've been subject to it. I'm going to, you yeah, know, yeah. this and that. But in this unique way, is this is this the danger of access journalism that you one start to like the person or gets more sympathetic? Well, no, I don't go around liking Musk. Here's a question of access journalism. Um, you got to keep in mind every moment of the day and every paragraph that you write. Mm-hmm that you're writing for the reader, mm-hmm. not the subject. And you got to sometimes 
hold yourself back because you're not caring what you're going to say after the book comes out or what what is uh, you know he going to feel about it. And I do that, but it's hard. I mean, you got to work at that. And if you read the book, there, as you said, there are enough stories that show the dark side, the mercurial side, the problematic side, the way he treats people, and I don't try to excuse it. And yeah, when you have access, that can be a problem. But I learned that when I first worked at the Times-Picayune and then Sunday Times of London, I used to think if you got... You had to get close, and sometimes journalists these days don't do that as well, meaning just sit and listen and just Mm -hmm. watch and make sure you can be up close. But I learned from the late Harry Evans, who was my editor in London, that you can have access, as he did, to the top realms of power, but then you could put out the story as you saw it. I've watched some of the great, quote, access journalists, people Mm -hmm. only I can remember, like Hugh Mm -hmm. Seide Mm -hmm. and even yeah. Ben Bradley mm-hmm. of the Washington Certainly was Post. accused of that with John And then Kennedy. watch the Woodward and Bernsteins. Mm-hmm. And you try to make sure you can be a little bit more like Woodward and Bernstein, which is get people to talk, but try to keep the reader in mind. Although he's been accused of recently access journalism by, you can see who he likes and who he talked to in a lot of his books. But I want to get through your reflections on the process in a minute. We're going to jump into the book. Um, walk me through your framing. You set it all up. It was interesting when you, I read the beginning in your prologue with Elon's upbringing and obviously chronological start to the biography. You continue to reference it constantly in the book, this childhood in South Africa, bullying, violence. Um, why did you start with this? Because it it... It started to feel by the end of the book like an excuse. And I kept thinking, I had a bad stepfather. I don't do these things. So many right. people and have And a lot bad, of people have bad childhoods. Bad childhoods. And they probably have a few demons in their head. I'm not, not these sure you kind do. of demons. No, but, but, I, but let me, let, why did you start with this? At the very beginning, I talked to his mother, Mae Musk. Mm-hmm. And she says, here's you know the issue for your book. The danger for Elon is that he becomes his father. And I talked to Kimball Musk. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's a drama addict. He's addicted Mm -hmm. to storm. And it Mm -hmm. comes from this deep, violent childhood. I don't know that it seems like it excuses him because it shows this uh, inability to just Mm -hmm. sit back and savor success that he is addicted to having dramatic confrontations and even... I don't know whether it's uh, Grimes or mm-hmm. Tallulah Riley. It's in the book, you know, mm-hmm. his second wife or his on-again, off-again girlfriend, who says from his childhood he associates love with drama mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes, you know, harshness. So you feel like it's explaining it. Um, did it make you, spending time with Errol helps you understand this. Obviously, I try to meet everybody's parents because I think ultimately it all boils, it sometimes boils down to that quite easily. Um, Can I quote Obama? And I'm sorry to interrupt you Go ahead. No, please. It is true. One of the things every biographer knows is it's all about the parents. And Mm -hmm. Obama has at the beginning of his memoirs, I think Mm -hmm. every successful man is either trying to live up to the expectations of his father or live down the sins of his father. And Mm -hmm. in my case, it's both. I think whether it's Nixon opening his memoirs with uh, a sentence, I'm not sure he understood the meaning of. It was Mm -hmm. a simple sentence, which is, I was born in a house my father built, Mm -hmm. or Bill Clinton's opening sentence. A lot of powerful people who have demons in their head, Mm -hmm. uh, it goes back to Rosebud, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But does it make you more sympathetic? I mean, I do know his mother, too, who can be a handful, let me just say. Um, and, and so and, can you. But yes, I can. I get it. But it does feel like it's a bit of an excuse. You call you use the word man-child in the book. I have used the word adult-toddler to describe Elon. Um, I do grok that childhood defines us. I absolutely do. I think it's critically important. Um, but do you worry this framing of Elon as a child absolves him of the accountability he deserves as a 52-year-old man? Well, A, it doesn't absolve him. Mm-hmm. And so let me make that clear. And I think it's clear in the book with many anecdotes mm-hmm. that you... But this is a complicated thing. And I think you and I talked about mm-hmm. it in New Orleans back mm-hmm. when we were eating crawfish and drinking whiskey, mm-hmm. which was when you understand a person. In mm-hmm. other words, you try hard to understand, does that morph into a gray area where you're trying to justify? Mm-hmm. And I kind of try to understand the demons that dance around in his head. Mm-hmm. Does that justify him being an asshole to people? I, I, I hope I can say no, 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 no. But un, part of the job of a biographer is say, I want you to understand where mm-hmm. all this is coming from. Yes, I get it. But you also allow everyone else to say it as if it's the only thing. And every time I read one of them saying, oh, but it's his demons, whether it was crimes or whatever, I'm like, get him to get therapy for fuck's sake. Like, you know, he doesn't go to therapy. No, uh, really? Uh, you're kidding. You're kidding. <laughs> he doesn't go to therapy. Well, these people continually making excuses. And one of the issues I have is they're all paid by him. But one of the things that I also wondered about is fact checking these stories. I know from my own family, everyone's family, everyone has a different point of view of what happened. Um, there was a kid that punched Elon, um, and Errol tells you that the kid whose father had just died, and I believe of suicide, uh, Elon told him he was stupid, and uh, Elon and his brother dispute that and say the kid ended up in juvie. Um, talk about your sourcing, and do you think the brother of your subject is a credible second source, for example, because I have heard Elon call people stupid over and over and over again. And I can imagine if someone's father just died, there might be something happening there. But that's Absolutely. populated by his and side. I think you've recounted what I did in the book, mm-hmm. you know, accurately, which mm-hmm. is I tell the story as Elon saw it. Then I talk to Errol. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I, I, I have to lay it out for the reader. Mm-hmm. Errol says, no, no. Mm-hmm. He called the boy stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, of course, I took the side of the boy, and mm-hmm. here's why. Mm-hmm. And I give, and you know what? I, you know, Musk once said to me, in any situation like a police and a perpetrator, mm-hmm. you have three stories one side, the other, and the truth. Mm-hmm. I sometimes have to say to the reader, here's what Kimball says, here's what Elon says. Errol says it differently. Did you and- call this kid? Did you call this kid? Or, oh, or no, call, no. I mean, call the juvenile that, detention just, center. The, the, that was, you know, 45 years ago and I was not able or uh, I don't know whether the kid's still around. Did you, but did you're you, right on things like that. You try. I Look, I talked to, what is it, 150 people. Mm-hmm. Like every time he did something and you move on. I mean, if yeah. I move on a second from the right. childhood, he does this over and over again. He said he learned to punch people in the nose and I show him punching people in the nose. Mm-hmm. So when it happens to say John McNeil, mm-hmm. when it happens to Martin Eberhardt, mm-hmm. uh, co-founder right. of Tesla, John right. McNeil, former president of Tesla, when it happened. I mean, I can go through. You did go back to that. I'm I just go wondering, back well, The only to reason it. is because he hangs a lot on that he was bullied. And then if you didn't talk to the kid or the juvenile detention center, why put it in there if you can't confirm either one of their? Well, first of all, 
all sides. Even Errol mm-hmm. says he was beaten up. He was mm-hmm. in the yes, hospital. Yes, I get that. His I get face that. got smashed. I get it. The only question is, should you take the side of the guy who smashed his face? Or explain or it. Or explain that Or explain part. it. I did. And I said that, according to Errol, Musk called him stupid. And you know what? You're right. Musk does it. So does Bill Gates. So does Bezos. They use the word stupid mm-hmm. a lot. And so it's understandable there. And it, there is no doubt uh, that all of this bullying and getting beaten up happens. There's nobody mm-hmm. who says, I mean, Errol said, oh, but I gave him a great childhood. But mm-hmm. yeah, at, at, feel, at this Veld school, this mm-hmm. wilderness camp, right. of course, people sat on you and they beat you up. That's mm-hmm. the way we were in South Africa. I wouldn't have put it in if I couldn't confirm it. I wouldn't have. Well, but that's just me. wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, come I, from I don't a, want to fight it too much. Uh, okay. But, but Errol, nobody denied that the whole incident happened. And I'll let Errol say, almost confirming what Elon says, mm-hmm. Elon says, I had to stand there, and my father berated me and took yes. the bully side. And yes. Errol said, yeah, he had to stand there. I berated him. I took the the guy who beat him up side. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. So I think everybody has right. the same story there. Mm-hmm. It's just, should yeah. the dad have taken the side of the guy who beat him up, uh, even if Elon I called the guy stupid? Yep, I get Which it. I get it. It does, it does give that. Elon sympathy from the beginning. But I want to do a lightning round of things that were not in the book, actually, and understand why they were admitted. Um, it seems like you didn't speak to Elon's daughter, Vivian Jenna Wilson, who is I try, trans. Yeah, I tried. And I, I don't want to go too much into it, right. but communications through family members. And so there are quotes from her and what she said and the messages even on Christmas and uh, why didn't you want to go into it, given he has posted several what I would characterize as anti-trans statements? Oh, yeah. No, I do go into all that. Mm-hmm. I just not sure I want to tell you who gave me her text messages. OK. Did you try to reach out to her directly? Yeah, I asked people, can I get to her? And you couldn't? Couldn't. OK. Um, Brian Merchant pointed out there was also a quote, not a single mention of the sweeping allegations of racial discrimination at Tesla's flagship Fremont factory that resulted in juries finding Tesla liable for millions in damages. Workers of color said they were called the N-word and saw swastikas paint in the bathroom. There was a lot of sexual harassment allegations at Tesla. Why not go into this more? Yeah, I think that's valid. There are lawsuits against it. I probably could have gone more into that. It was not something that anybody accused Musk specifically or personally or anything. It was just things that happened at the Fremont factory. And uh, I'll I'll cop a plea, except for that there was really no Musk involvement. If I'd been writing a book about Tesla, it would have been more important. But I'm not going to Well, I think the DNA of every company is the DNA of its founder. But he's not. Who knows if he's the founder? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. uh, Use of drugs seems to be missing, which has been written a lot about recently. You mentioned he smoked weed on Joe Rogan's podcast, but there's been multiple reports on the effects of ketamine and Ambien. He's even talked about Ambien use. And perhaps more seem nowhere to be found. Well, I think there's some stuff, and you and I talked yes. about it. Yeah, yeah we did. And you had stronger evidence than, um, for better or worse, I, I was just heard to... from people. I wished someone yeah, would report it. And I then the journal heard... finally did. I, the, the journal yeah, finally the did. Yeah, the journal did some stuff. I have in the book mm-hmm. about drugs and prescription drugs and Ambien and everything mm-hmm. else. I, uh, ketamine, mm-hmm. he says, mm-hmm. is an effective treatment for depression, yes, it, and it's prescribed. So he does prescription, whether it be okay. ketamine, prescription, serotonin, uptake inhibitors. I have him talking about uh, 
maybe being bipolar, but not being mm-hmm. diagnosed. He, I has, have the fact- he has said this about himself. Right, right. And so that's all in the book. And he does, well, let's say self-medicate, but with prescriptions. Is it being used in a clinical setting for him in by a real doctor, not I want some ketamine, I'm going to prescribe it myself? Uh, you can be a judge of real doctors, but there are people who have doctors who prescribe it. He has... Um, <laughs> Michael Jackson had a doctor that didn't turn out very well. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Look, he's... he. One thing I will say is because of SpaceX clearances, security mm-hmm. clearances, ever since the Joe Rogan thing, where he smoked mm-hmm. dope mm-hmm. Uh, on, the, on the podcast, uh, he is subject to random drug tests uh, for illegal drugs. Right. Now, that doesn't mean it would pick up ketamine, nor would mm-hmm. it say, hey, that doctor who prescribed it, was that sort of a charlatan doctor mm-hmm. you just found and paid? Right. Or is that a real doctor? Right, right. Did you ever, you, you never went to raves with him or the stuff he likes to go to? You never, I don't mean to say party. But, you know, no, he likes no. to go to raves. He's, I don't, yeah, okay. I. You didn't socialize to, with I him, I had to correct. keep a bit of a line. Mm-hmm. And I watched some people around mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and some people who worked with him who kind of crossed the line a bit mm-hmm. and late at night would think, okay, I'm I'm his party pal. Mm-hmm. And I had to make some judgments. There are times I went out to dinner with him and mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't want to pretend to be some pal who partied with him. And if I crossed that line yeah. and started going to late night parties. But let me say something else. Yeah, Walter um, Isaacson at a rave is not something I want to see. No, it wouldn't soon. be a pretty sight. No. I mean, you know, I mean, look, I got gray hair. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll take you to Jazz Fest. Yeah. I'll take you to me. But look, I've been a reporter a whole lot. And you always hear these stories of, oh, you, somebody, not Musk. You know, mm-hmm. went to Jeffrey Epstein's island or right. had wild mm-hmm. sex orgies right. with whole lots of drugs. Yes. And he spent all night having sex orgies. Mm-hmm. You know, you ask me, how do I put in the fact that both his father and he say mm-hmm. he was beaten up by a bully and mm-hmm. they have different opinions on whether he deserved it? Mm-hmm. You can't throw in that somebody says no. somebody said I went to, you know. A, I'm, wor- I'm wondering if you discussed it directly with him, use of drugs. Yeah, he actually talks about uh, that he's not as much of a party person. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes down to Cabo and he doesn't like it and he flies back. Mm-hmm. I suspect, because I've asked him about it, but, you know, he may be spending mm-hmm. me, that he's far less of a party animal than mm-hmm. people say, mm-hmm. but maybe that's projecting because I'm not as much okay. of a party right, animal right. as I'm some just of curious. your friends. There's a lot more talk of it lately. That's why. One of the other ones was Jennifer Saleh raised in your mm-hmm. review in the New York Times when Elon was rambling on to you about the, quote, mind, woke mind virus. This is way in the way of his ambitions for multiplanetary civilization. She says, quote, it would have been nice if Isaacson had pushed back to answer the basic question, what on earth does any of it even mean? <laughs> Look, and people, you say the woke mind virus, and people mm-hmm. say, what do you mean by that? And mm-hmm. I try to explain it, but, you know, progressive. Mm-hmm. I, I know that wokeness is one of those subjects that means you say the word, everybody scatters all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think I make it pretty clear in the book what had gotten him upset, and I also make it pretty clear I think it's a weird apocalyptic thing for him mm-hmm. to be worrying about. Yeah, 
Okay. Another one is from Vox's Constance Grady. She writes, he goes through uh, women, Isaacs and Chronicles, four major romantic relationships of Musk's adult life with a shamelessly misogynistic binary. All of Musk's girlfriends in this book are either devils or angels. And accordingly, they bring out the devil or angel in Musk's uncontrollable nature. You had written, he developed a fervor that cloaked his goofiness and a goofiness that cloaked his fervor. I think you were harder on Amber Heard. And I don't know Amber Heard. Um, I think you tweeted but, but that ahead. out. I think I yeah, saw but, that. But go ahead. Uh, Amber Heard, I talked to quite a bit in her Mm -hmm. sides in the book. Mm -hmm. She, look, I'm not an expert on this, but in the periphery of my vision, I kind of followed the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard Mm -hmm. thing. We're talking about people that are excitable. I don't Mm -hmm. know what you want to say. That by Mm -hmm. now they are. So that whole uh, situation with Johnny Depp, you can see that she's dramatic. Mm -hmm. Now, Musk talks about her in the book as playing wonderful things, role-playing as Mm -hmm. his favorite, uh, Mm -hmm. whatever, video game character. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have scenes of her picking flowers by the side of the road and Mm -hmm. hiding in the Tesla factory to surprise him on his birthday. But the storm and turmoil Mm -hmm. that both sides tell me about, this is not a matter of dispute, that was part of the attraction, and I am telling that as part of a theme, that mm-hmm. this guy, even leave aside Errol Musk and say, maybe I do too much on childhood, mm-hmm. part of the theme of this life is this person is attracted to drama and storm. Mm-hmm. When things are calm, he surges, he buys Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this is true of the relationship with Amber. Mm-hmm. Nothing hurt him more than that relationship. And uh, there's a scene at the end when they just have a knockdown, not mm-hmm. knockdown because we're not talking physical here, but mm-hmm. brutal fight in Rio de Janeiro. And she's claiming, you know, that it's locked up it. my passport. I get her side. I get his side. I get the security guard side. I get everybody's side. And in the end, I talk about her saying she sends me pictures of that night mm-hmm. after they made up. And there's a picture in the book. Yep. And they're kissing on a balcony in Rio at midnight on New Year's Eve. So I'm trying to illustrate not Amber Heard. I'm giving, Mm -hmm. I hope, her her say in the benefit of the doubt. And I think she says something like, Elon loves playing with fire, and sometimes it burns. This is all an explanation of a guy addicted to drama and storm. Okay, so um, one of the things in that regard um, is you, this cruelty and asshole behavior seems somewhat excused because he manages somehow to replace a rocket part with a toilet latch. Wow, amazing. Um, I fully understand. I don't, wait, wait, I'm not going to cop a plea to that. Whoa, 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 I'm going to stop you. Go ahead. I don't say you get to be an asshole if you get to make a rocket latch better. I say this is a person who is doing all these things and... You have to figure out how does the fabric weave together. And you don't think you give him a pass. Some of his partners do with, with well, I think it was uh, Grimes saying, I try to stop him from being king crazy. I was like, why is I he king crazy? Except why is he like that? In the, why? Why does it need a lady to help him not be an asshole? Like I, that to me. <laughs> why is he king crazy? I mean, that's what the book is no, about. No, what I mean is that it abrogates his responsibility as a, as a man. By the way, it was Tallulah who gets Tallulah, credit for king trying crazy. to keep him from being. I like Tallulah. I like uh, Grimes a lot too. But So uh, you don't believe the cruelty has to be linked to his accomplishments. No, I don't think the cruelty is justified at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but with complex people, you got to tell the complex story. Sure. And I don't think 
and I know you and I talked about this a year ago, and so it helped me write the book, mm-hmm. which is don't put any sentence in that says this cruelty was in any way justifiable because mm-hmm. he made a latch to a rocket hatch better. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I'm going to bring in Steve Jobs here because you, sometimes you do seem to be arguing that their demons create the creation, I guess. Many people have excused Elon's behavior to me like this. Mark Benioff and I had a long back and forth. He basically said it's okay because he lands rockets on a surfboard, except when I actually pointed out the homophobic remark he made. And then he's like, oh, that's not good. And I'm like, no, it's not. And, uh, you know, I can think of many geniuses who weren't assholes. Um, How far does the, and I don't, not necessarily just accusing you of doing this, go to support toxic asshole behavior in people. You have a quote, I think, from Grimes, demon mode causes a lot of chaos, but it also gets a lot of shit done. Do you believe you have to be an asshole no. to get things and done? and I have written many books, mm-hmm. from Jennifer Dowd to Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. of people who are as nice and nurturing as you can be. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you have a criticism of Benjamin Franklin, meaning John Adams does, mm-hmm. it's that he was too ingratiating and insinuating. In Mm -hmm. other words, he tried to be too nice and to get Mm -hmm. people to like him. Mm -hmm. What Steve Jobs once said to me, he said, people like you, I mean, he was talking about me, who, uh, you know, wear velvet gloves and live on the East Coast. I don't think Mm -hmm. he'd been down to New Orleans with us uh, knowing which coast I actually live on. Mm -hmm. He said, you're always trying to get the people in front of you to like you, and you're always being empathetic, and you always want to be their friends, Mm -hmm. and you never want to get them mad. Mm -hmm. And you think that's being nice. Well, that makes, that's kind of egotistic. It's being nice to yourself Mm -hmm. because you're not caring much about the enterprise. I think there's some balance, and I'm going to get personal here Mm -hmm. for a moment, and you can decide this is too boring. Mm -hmm. When I ran Time Magazine, you remember back in those Mm -hmm. days, there were nice magazines on paper and stuff. I knew everybody there, and I was pretty, you know, I just loved all the people I worked with. You have a very nice reputation there. Yeah, and it was sweet, and we never had to fire anybody because the magazine was doing well. Mm -hmm. And then I get moved to CNN which is owned by the same company. And once again, I don't want to get people mad. I want to be known Mm -hmm. as being nice. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I was really bad running CNN. It Mm -hmm. needed to be disrupted. Mm -hmm. People needed, I won't name names, but you can think of some of the anchors and some of the people there. I needed to have been more of a disruptor, more of an asshole. Mm Mm-hmm. Then I could uh, I don't be. know if you need to... But I needed actually to leave CNN. Okay, that's, that's right. exactly... I remember I told you that. Thank you. I've taken your advice many times in life. That's why I surprised you criticized me. <laughs> no, that's okay. This is the 90s and aughts, by the way. 90s for time and early aughts for CNN, for people. Your listeners don't, don't even remember don't that remember century. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to bring up what you did with Pathfinder. You just did. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Support for On with Kara Susher comes from Babbel. Our phones have gotten pretty good at translating speech on the fly. If you're traveling to a new country and you'd like to order a chicken sandwich with pickles, an app will probably see you through. But what if you want to chat with your server about the neighborhood or other dishes on the menu or your love of pickles? Real conversations with real people don't lend themselves to translation apps. Genuine connection requires a genuine grasp of the language, and that's something Babbel can offer. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app with lessons created by real people for real conversations. Babbel doesn't rely on artificial intelligence to build its 10-minute lessons. Instead, they're handcrafted by more than 200 language experts focused on teaching phrases and vocabulary you'll actually need to communicate. 
I really like it. I'm using Dabble and I've been able to use it here in Argentina where I'm visiting my son, Louis. It's a really efficient way to learn a language. I do them very quick. It's 10 minutes. It's very user-friendly, lots of pictures. I was never good at languages and I'm really enjoying using the Babbel app. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash swisher. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash swisher, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash swisher. And you know how to spell that. Rules and restrictions may apply. Support for this show comes from the Harvard Business Review. I made a career out of taking to task some of the tech industry's biggest players. And honestly, some of these guys, and they're all guys, really had no clue what they were doing, and they could probably have benefited from some of the resources available at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a top source for smart management thinkers. Cultivated by some of the greatest minds in business, the Harvard Business Review is a trove of rigorous insight and best practices. It's more than just the flagship magazine, too. You can find the same level of expertise on hbr.org, and for just $10 a month, a subscription unlocks unlimited access to a variety of resources like hundreds of articles, podcasts, newsletters, case studies, and so much more. I use HBR all the time to look up all kinds of cases, and not just in tech, and also listen to their podcasts, I look at their newsletters, and I really, 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 most of all, like the articles, which have a different perspective that I might have to give me ideas. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code CARA right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, to save 10% off your HBR subscription, go to hbr.org slash subscription and enter the promo code CARA. Let's talk about uh, Steve Jobs uh, because I thought you were much harder on him for much lesser behaviors and zero crazy tweets, none of which spilled out into the public. I don't find him anything like Steve Jobs. I don't, you, I I don't you, either. And by the way, I, I look, I, I thought one of your criticisms would be because uh, I saw you wrote about mm. that I don't apply too many judgments. I tend to have my own judgments. I put, I weave some of them in, but I let a reader say, okay, I've just read this story. Here's what I feel. I tried to do that with Jobs. I really liked Jobs. Mm -hmm. I really respected him. I thought he did amazing things. I thought he parked in the handicapped spice and I Mm -hmm. thought, but that's not tweeting, you know, what you're talking about. So I, most people who read the Jobs book I still, I mean, even last night I was at the 92nd Street Mm -hmm. Y, and everybody's bringing me the Jobs book to sign. Mm -hmm. They said, this changed my life. This Mm -hmm. guy totally inspired me. This is Mm -hmm. the most important book because I just wanted to be like Steve Jobs. I fell in love with him. So I I don't think you come away from the Jobs book other than saying he gets mad at the person making the smoothies at the Mm -hmm. Whole Food or he parks in the Mm -hmm. handicapped spot. I think... Jobs is very much exalted as a as a epoch changing character who had his rough spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elon Musk is at least one order of magnitude more, mm-hmm. more in being rough, uh, and in some ways more in running six or seven companies doing all sorts of weird things. If you read this book. About a third of the people who read this book will come away hating him more, and a third will come away liking him. 
And I think a third maybe say, all right, that was a really weird narrative, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to process it. I think actually Jobs would have abhorred Musk. Actually, I say that. I think he would have um, because of the way he behaves in public, particularly. Um, What do you think Jobs would have thought of Elon Musk? I think he would have truly not liked the political and public non-niceness. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the way he treats Andy Krebs on the rocket launch pad mm-hmm. and yells at him or the way he treats Don McNeil sometimes on the mm-hmm. when he's lying on the floor of the conference room in a catatonic state. But I think there was a spiritual quality to Steve Jobs that that had a gentleness when it came to, uh, I don't know, public public matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me here. Yes, I mean, he was. You know. He was actually a very wise person. I've been listening to a lot of our recordings and his interviews, and he's thoughtful and doesn't say, you know, I, yeah, I agree. He, he could be I a mean, jerk to Musk people. Musk is but. very hardcore. And I think especially when Musk veers off to his late night politics, I'll call Because mm-hmm. there are times when you're with Musk, even very like reasonable. today, yeah. he's like with Chuck Schumer, or yesterday, with Chuck calm. Schumer and Chris Coons, the Democratic mm-hmm. senator from Delaware. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, there'll be times he would have said to me, he said to me, I really want to get a party of the center. I want to bring people to, I think we've lost the center in this country. He is then lying late to at you. night, he's drinking Red Bull and taking Ambien, and he's amplifying the fringes. You know, there's a there's an expression, does the drunk agree with the sober? I think he's lying to you when he's sober. Um, I think the drunk is exactly I think that they're actually different personalities. And I sometimes think that one personality hardly remembers, you know, things that, especially when he gets sure. into the Mr. Hyde mode of Jekyll and Hyde. I get that, but he's not Mr. Hyde. And he's not, it's like, I, again, I'm in the seek therapy mode of this. Now, let me ask you this. When you, you, were, you said in one interview, you were silent in the reporting and I utterly, completely, that's exactly the way to go, like a camera even. That's what you were trying to do. But now I want you to be a photograph. I, I would like you to take a position on him. Going away from two years of spending time with this man, what do you think of him? And let me just say, I, when my book, I come to conclusions about people I like. I have a whole chapter of people I like because I think you have to have that. Sam Altman, Reed, you know, personally like Reed Hoffman, Brian Chesky. Um, specifically, do you like this person? And what did you come away from feeling about him when you finished? Well, a couple of points. Um, you're right to say I don't. W- I don't want to get in the way of the reader making his or her own judgments. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm telling you the story, I'm quiet. You get, you know, one of the first, the first great biography I ever read was about mm-hmm. 17 years old, T. Harry Williams mm-hmm. on Huey Long. Mm-hmm. And it begins with an amazing, funny anecdote of Huey Long saying, going down to, he's a Baptist from upstate Louisiana, going down to Cajun country where it's Catholic and saying, I'm talking about Sunday mornings and hitching up mm-hmm. the horse to the wagon so he could take mm-hmm. his Catholic grandmother to Mass. And finally, his campaign manager said, Huey, you never told us you had a Catholic grandmother. And he says, hell, we didn't even have a horse. He <laughs> lied. So, yeah. and then, but T. Harry Williams doesn't say, so he was a liar. Or doesn't say he was a lovable rogue. Okay. You get right. to read these angles. So I'm not trying to say to the reader, here's your conclusion. All right, but now you've asked me a question. The book about is written, own. Walter. You don't need to right. you don't need to talk to 
Elon Musk anymore. There's well, a he's point. He's not listening to your podcast. I suspect. I doubt it. But doubt it. Uh, and no, but I'm telling you because I know you and I've had this discussion, which is how come you don't tell us mm-hmm. your conclusions on yes, everything? Yes, I would like a and conclusion I from you. Don't write burn book. I write a narrative. I okay. Walk a person. All right, you can but what about see. on a personal level? On, on this a show? personal level. First of all, the word light, mm-hmm. it's such an anodyne word. I mean, I don't quite, but no, I mean, likability is not in the top 500 adjectives one uses. And I know you don't fully buy into what I'm saying here, but there actually are different, as Grimes said, it mm-hmm. depends on which Elon you happen to be with. Mm-hmm. And there are times when he really is inspiring about his mission. Absolutely. And you think, uh, yeah, okay. And you've seen it. You've written that. I, I like SpaceX, Elon. And he's sure. inspiring about the missions. And the very first when he was doing that, I thought this is a type of pontification you do on pep talks for your team or on podcasts. He doesn't really believe that we have to be multi-planetary. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I'm going, you know what? It may seem crazy, but he actually believes that we should be space adventurers or mm-hmm. we should move to the sure. era of electric vehicles. I like, once again, to use an anodyne word, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm watching him do that, when I'm watching him be really funny, when I'm watching him make a pretty major decision about how you're going to switch a line on the assembly line to, I mean, mm-hmm. a station on the set, I go, whoa, I'm impressed by that. Then there'll be times when he is reaming, I mean, I'm surprised he's letting me sit in the room, but he's just reaming somebody out for not knowing the what he calls the idiot index of a part, which is how mm-hmm. much the material costs versus the final product. I'm going, man, how can you do that? That guy, do I like that? No, I didn't like that Musk. You know, am I supposed to tout up all the times I liked and respected and all the times I flinched and yes. was appalled? Yeah, it was. Let, let me give you an easier. Scott Galloway calls an idolatry of innovators uh, that excuses cruelty, that excuses anti-Semitism, excuses misogyny, excuses being, quite frankly, not an ideal father, as long as you're really fucking rich. Is it an apologist not to come to a conclusion or not? I, you no, I mean, I come to me. a lot and I let the reader come to a lot of conclusions in this book, which is a lot of the things. Look, you've read those Twitter chapters. Mm-hmm. What he did, the hypocritical things of trying to ban, mm-hmm. you know, reporters on the Washington Post to, mm-hmm. uh, after he says he's for free speech, uh, a lot of those things he does, I think, you're clear. I yeah. uh, is not me apologizing mm-hmm. for him. Um, it, it gets back to this thing of okay, if you send rockets to Mars, does that allow mm-hmm. you to be an asshole? Mm-hmm. And no, I don't defend being an asshole, but he is also an interesting character. And even Scott would say, and certainly you would, Mm -hmm. that he's been able to recreate the internet in low earth orbit. He's been able to make rockets that not only get satellites into orbit and humans into orbit, unlike NASA, but they land and he can reuse them. But but go on and on. That doesn't excuse him being a jerk. But you got to tell the whole story. Jennifer Doudna will have more impact on the human race, and she's a lovely person. Like, and I, don't, you know. I loved writing that book, and I would love you to tell your readers, <laughs> if you don't it. like Elon Musk, <laughs> buy the code breaker. Jen- okay, all right. No, none of this. A- all right. Okay, you won't take a position on him. That's fine. We're almost done. Um, 
I want this to be very quick, so I need you to answer yes or no, or if you have one little thing to say, do it. Um, uh, do you think Elon has a point about the woke mind virus, yes or no? I'm, I'm sorry, I'll try. Okay. I think it's way over, I think it's overblown. I okay. think, there w- do you mind me answering just in sure, a please. sentence? Go ahead. I'll be pretty Go. crisp. I thought he was totally wrong when he was appalled that at Twitter they had suppressed or kicked off people who said that the lockdowns are ridiculous or Mm -hmm. that it could have been a lab leak or Mm -hmm. that these things. And then I began to think, well, maybe we should have had that debate on Mm -hmm. lockdowns and mask mandates. Mm -hmm. Do I think the woke mind virus is a problem in some places? Is it in the top 100 problems this nation has? Probably not. Okay. I'm All sorry, right. that's not one That's word. okay, that's good. Do you think he should rectify how he treated Twitter employees, in particular people like Yoel Roth, whom he made a target, a dangerous target, or Paul Pelosi, for example, who he lied about after his attack? Yes. Yes, okay. I, I, I could survive with the one-word answer there. Yes, okay. Or yes on both counts. Will he? Uh, he kind of says he, uh, you know, he deleted the Pelosi tweet and said he apologized. He did publicly, but he didn't. He said he had, he also told somebody called him, but he didn't. He yeah, he didn't. did it publicly, but yeah. sort of, yes, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I do think he knows that it was absolutely a really bad thing to have tweeted, but that doesn't mean that, you know, he's yeah. apologizing. Mm-hmm. Like a month later, uh, he's doing someone else. There's Go a ahead, lot on Yoel in yes. the book. This yes. is a truly decent person. Indeed. And Elon gets along very well with him for a very long time, including defending him for, you know, being a Hillary supporter and attacking Trump. And then Musk turns on him mm-hmm. in a way that just still makes me flinch. And it is... I know you don't like me going back to childhood, mm-hmm. but it's being in that wilderness camp and just punching people in the nose unnecessarily. And yeah, the Yoel thing, if you think I'm sugarcoating and being too nice to Elon Musk, read the whole- I, I get that. I just think- on Yoel Roth, who is I, a I get good it. man. I think he was a piece of shit to do that. That's what I think. That, and, oh, and there's no excuse. That, yeah. Elon was a piece of shit to do that. Um, do you think his fear of population decline and the need to repopulate the planet Earth is rational? I have four kids. He has 11. But I do think that the danger of overpopulation is incorrect, that declining birth rates okay. are a problem. Okay. Do you think we need to be a multiplanetary civilization, Walter? Man, that would be so cool. Yes. 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 Okay. Where do you think Tesla will be in five years, given quickly increasing competition from across the globe, especially in China? Do you think it will be I think they will have a low-priced global car at under $25,000. That'll be huge. I think he will not conquer full self-driving as quickly as he thinks. You Mm -hmm. and I both have joked about Mm -hmm. uh, his... But he has just switched, as you know, from the last one of the final Mm -hmm. chapters of my book, Mm -hmm. to AI machine learning, mm-hmm. and that has made FSD-12 particularly good. So I think Do you Tesla, think Tesla will be dominant in five yeah, years? Yeah, so I mean, you look at what happened no, with dominant. the charging network. Yeah. Okay. Dominant meaning I low think Low margin it will, business. Huh? It's a low margin business, but okay. I know, but now GM yeah. and Ford are yeah. having to say, we're going to use the Tesla supercharger network, which gets into the Starlink thing. It gives him more control. Okay, gives him more. Okay, but Dom, Tesla will be dominant compared to all the competitors. I don't know what you exactly mean by dominant, but it will be... What he is be, now. 
Well, it's now more valuable than all other car companies I'm going to take the other side of that bet. I think China's going to run right over them, and then there'll be competition for everyone. Uh, You know, Um, the good thing about being a biographer is you get to uh, write about what's happened. Uh, Blaming of the ADL for the Twitter ad fall-off. And now he's meeting with Netanyahu because he needs someone to make him look like he doesn't dislike Jewish people. Um, what do you think of that? I'm wrong. Totally wrong. And and the fall off on Twitter ads is not because of the ADL. It's because he's made it so it's too controversial that no brand wants to be there. So wrong. No. Or whatever the answer is. What do you is think that- of them dragging Netanyahu in to make him look good? My uh, sympathies for uh, Netanyahu having to do things or whatever oh, yeah. is uh, not the highest on my list yeah, today. Yeah, exactly. Do you wish um, um, that uh, he hadn't done the Twitter thing while you're writing the book because it took so much away from the other story? Well, it certainly made for a really rollicking, amazing, complex roller coaster. But, yeah, if I wanted to have lived an easier life, it would have been more fun to write just about batteries and cars and rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, comment on his recent comments on China, which were also reflected in your book uh, about the Uyghurs and the need to placate China. Yeah. Um, he is more in the camp of let's placate China. He has obviously both huge amounts of sales and factories there, but I'm not sure it's just financially motivated. Mm -hmm. I think he actually believes a confrontational stance to China is, and I think I agree with that, Mm -hmm. I I think is not a great idea. Mm -hmm. I think we got to figure out how to have a modus vivendi with China. Interesting. I think we need to get along. We also need to punch him in the nose. See, we have different opinion. Hey, um, well, <laughs> in some ways, I think we might be agreeing there, which is a real, A real and, punch in the nose, actually. Oh, I'm not I'm not sure the punch in the nose uh, leads to a great end of the movie. That's true. Fair point. Um, how do you assess the Twitter files now that he made such a big deal of, which proved pretty much the, a um, goose egg? I think it was way overblown. I And I disagreed with the premise that it showed the U.S. government forcing Twitter Mm -hmm. executives to do things, even though I do think Twitter suppressed a little bit too much the range of speech. But what I feel is not that the government violated the and tried to suppress it, Mm -hmm. but that the Twitter executives went along willingly Mm -hmm. day after day uh, banning people uh, per request. And I thought that was a bad Act, I mean, not a great thing that the previous Twitter management did. And I'm kind of glad it all got exposed, but it was, as yeah. you say. Do you think he's let too many people back on and is not moderating correctly, which is leading to the ad fall off, for example? Well, I think the ad fall off is because uh, it's become more controversial. I'm not sure. He has a thing about freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. Uh, that's not his. That's an know, old, that's old, by old, the way. But, I love okay. when he takes credit for it, but it's not true. Well, okay. Uh, I'll give whoever credit for it. Years ago. Um, Letting more people on doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when he amplifies the people or likes or or, uh, uh, engages with the people who engage with people who are anti-Semitic or white supremacists or whatever. I don't think Musk is that way. I'm not even sure you should keep Donald. I don't think you should keep Donald Trump off. But if there are people saying bad things, 
I think the big problem is he's kind of engaging with them and letting them be amplified and reached. Letting them. He's amplifying himself. All right. Having spent two years with Elon, would you let this man have access to your brain, be a a Neuralink? Would you (laughs) hand him your personal animation for an everything app? Um, I'm not as big of a privacy. I mean, let's leave aside it being Elon. (laughs) No, I don't want to leave aside. Okay. On Elon. Well, I don't think Elon's going to be sitting there saying, here's what Walter spent money on last night. Uh, I, I'm like my daughter and her generation. I, I'm not as much of a privacy. I mean, I love privacy. I just meant I'm not worried about people having some okay. access to my data as long as I can turn it off. All right. Okay. Last one. Do you think there's ever a time Elon wasn't trying to manipulate you during the interviews? Was that a difficult thing? He's very persuasive. It was pretty odd that he almost did not seem to, or at times did not even seem aware of my presence. I know you're going to think that's weird, Mm -hmm. but I'd be sitting there. He'd be doing things that I wouldn't do in front of my wife. I wouldn't do Mm -hmm. in front of myself. Tell me what. Oh, reaming people out, saying weird things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just, I worried about the Heisenberg principle that by observing things, I would affect the things. And I was stunned. And people around him were stunned. Mm -hmm. They said, we thought if you were around, it would affect him, mm-hmm. but it hasn't. So you were you were just a fly on the wall. Um, all right, let me ask you, I have only three more questions. Who does Elon really listen to? You mentioned open loop warning when he's become behaving badly as his brother does. Who do you consider his actual advisors who, let me just say, are not bought and paid for? Yeah, the open loop warning is interesting because there's an agreement amongst friends and brothers and other people that when you go really bad, and this is starts in 2018, you think there's been kind of a wackiness. No, I remember 2018. Yeah, 2018, pedo tweet, take mm-hmm. private, smoking dope on Joe Rogan. You know, mm-hmm. this is, and that's when um, his brother Kimball uses the phrase they use, mm-hmm. which is open loop warning, which means you don't He's have a looping. feedback loop. He's looping, you know, yeah. You're shooting off something and it's not an iterative feedback loop. The people who have that ability with him or Antonio Gracias, who's mm-hmm. been there since the very the beginning and has tried to take his phone and put it in the hotel safe and punch in a code so he couldn't tweet at night and says, you got to stop doing things. Kimball, but I'll also say he doesn't have enough. Mm-hmm. There aren't enough people to give him negative feedback, mm-hmm. and he sometimes cuts them off. Yes, yes, cuts I know. Cuts Kimball off in the book for months on end. Mm-hmm. So obviously being more open to negative feedback and restraining influences would be uh, so just two people you would just, add you, to the mix and you just could. two people all right where will he be in 30 well, years well i can uh, throw i mean okay who else uh well there are the uh, a crowd that you're not particularly fond of that's like david sachs mm-hmm. you know me, so you me, think his. they have an influence on him I think I, I don't think David Sachs is in any way controlling his thinking. I mean, no, of that. an influence. But, but he talks to him a lot, mm-hmm. and I could, uh, I think Ken Howry, but I also think, you know, uh, his well, Grimes sometimes mm-hmm. or Shaban. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he has people around him. But I'm agreeing with you. Look, I got a lot of people around me who every time I go on a podcast like mm-hmm. yours, mm-hmm. listen to it, say, man, you shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Or for God's sake, don't, have, you know, I get a lot of mm-hmm. feedback. feedback. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he gets as much. No, he doesn't get very much at all. Where do you think he'll be in 30 years when he's as old as Biden? <laughs> I'm thinking Howard Hughes. 
Howard Hughes, he keeps pushing all of his chips back in, and there's going to be explosions, there's going to be debris that falls, just like there was in 2008 when he blows up his first three rockets, mm -hmm. just like there was in 2017, 2018, when he goes to the hell in, mm -hmm. that's described in the book. I think certain things will flame out and blow up. If you ask me my prediction on the first, I think that the platform now known as X will be a payments platform, will have content creators putting stuff up, but will be of an environment that advertisers don't want to be in, and it's going to be a mess. But what about him? Week, what about him personally? Oh, I think he's been through these things before. He's been through 2008. He's been through 2018. He relishes storm and drama. So no involvement of this that you saw with Jobs. You certainly saw a maturing. So no involvement. Yeah, although when Jobs came back from the liver transplant, read that chapter again. <laughs> yeah. It was like they thought he was going to be mellow, but mm -hmm. he wasn't mellow. But right. he was still uh, Will Musk mellow. Uh, the one word answer, no. No, okay. Did you ever hear him apologize to anyone for an outburst during that time you were with him? No. In fact, it's particularly interesting in the book because I go, I mean, you say, do you check with other people? Mm -hmm. I circle back so many times in the book. He reams out a, kid, a guy named Andy at Starbase, mm -hmm. or he, uh, Lucas, you know, on the finance team or whatever. So I circle back. And at one point he promotes Andy. Mm -hmm. after he's, like, really reamed him out. Mm -hmm. Likewise, Milan Kovac, who mm -hmm. does autopilot and Optimus the Robot, just reams him out. And both of them, and there are a couple more in the book, I say, all right, did he? And I'm there, and mm -hmm. I'm going, holy shit. Mm -hmm. And so I say to Milan, and I say to Andy, did he ever apologize? He said, they, both of them said, the odd thing is, he was promoting me, he was very nice to me later, and I finally said to him, do you remember when, and he kind of looks at me blankly as if he doesn't even quite remember it. Oh, no. So Come he on, he's 52. He's a man. He's an adult. Doesn't remember it? Come I on. am I, not. I think there are things he does when he gets into oh the zone God. of a dark mood in which when he comes out later, he thinks that wasn't personal. That wasn't it's just me giving uh, honest feedback, and his mind moves to other things. I'm not apologizing. Okay, I'm seek not it's called it's seek good. therapy. I'm, is that what it is? You so, ask me, does okay. he ever yeah. apologize no, he to these people? I'm no. telling you, no, no he, he didn't. doesn't. That, that's happened to me. He was he wrote me a bunch of mean emails, and then was like, "Why don't we talk?" I was like, "You wrote me a bunch of mean yeah, yeah. emails." You and, see, okay, and do you think that? You know, he's going to apologize? No. Walter, th I think there's two kinds of people. People who lie, which he does quite a bit, and people who lie to themselves, which he does almost all the time. That's what I think. Yeah. And in the book, I think you'll see more complexity in okay. that. Okay. All right. There's two lines I want to talk to you about. It's my last question. It's the last line of your book where you said sometimes crazy they're ones. crazy ones, but then you say crazy enough to change the world. And I'm like, Walter, you cannot have it two ways. But you did. Why did you end it like that? You know, you have a good criticism that sometimes I try to have it mm -hmm. two ways. And I guess the plea I will cop is I actually believe that, mm -hmm. that he's crazy, that he's messed up. It's a problem. But why the hell can't Boeing have a communication system? Why can't it get out? What is it about him? I mean, he is changing the world, whether you like mm -hmm. it or not. And I you got said it. it over, over and over, and over again. again. 
He brought us more than any single individual into the era of electric vehicles, in the era of space travel, in the era of internet and outer space. So it is true that his craziness did help lead him to change the world. Maybe it hindered him. Anyway, I, I mean, we can argue about it. But let, let me say, fast cars, rockets, women blowing things up with no repercussions whatsoever. Uh, would you trade places with him? Oh, God, no, no, no. Look, I had a happy childhood. Nobody's ever going to write my biography. But I grew up in New Orleans, a magical place with two parents who were the kindest people mm-hmm. I ever knew. Mm-hmm. I tend to be congenitally suited to being the detached observer who's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. As you heard me say in New Orleans a year ago, mm-hmm. I had a mentor, Walker Percy, the great novelist. His mm-hmm. picture is sort of I'm back there, of if you can Percy. see it. Mm-hmm. And he said there are two types of people coming out of Louisiana, preachers and storytellers. Yes, I've heard you tell For heaven's sake, be a storyteller. The world's got too many preachers. I know I'm yeah. not a person in the arena. I know okay. I'm not going to send up a rocket. Last question. What impact does writing the Elon biography, or some people say I had geography, someone called it that to me, as some have called no, it. No, no, I no. I know, I'm just telling no, you. No, right. I'm not going to let you get okay, away all right. with okay, that. Okay, all right. I'm not going to say it. Okay. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Unfair. 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 Okay, I think you. you were far too nice to him. What impact does the Elon biography have on the Walter Isaacson legacy? Look, if I had cared about my legacy, I would have taking a less controversial character. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people who say, you took a totally controversial person, and as you just said, it's not hagiography, but that I was too nice to him. Mm-hmm. This ain't going to help. And there are people who think I was too mean to him. You know, I maybe next time I do a book, I'm going to go into the Wayback Machine and do yes. somebody who's beautiful and dead. And, yes, I was just going to suggest. I was like, Walter, yeah, if I have I'll one piece of advice. probably do it. But I did not do this book. I kind of stumbled into this Mm -hmm. book. I wasn't Mm -hmm. really planning to, and it kind of Mm -hmm. happened. Uh, I did not do this book because it would enhance my legacy. I did it because, whoa, this is a... Well, I first did it because he hadn't Mm -hmm. even thought about buying Twitter. I said, man, the guy's shooting off rockets, doing electric cars. I love technology. Do the book. Um, I, I think in the end, there'll be a lot of people who say, I was far too nice to him. There'll be people who say, oh, you were you know, mean and you didn't understand his greatness. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to have a less controversial impact on my career, Mm -hmm. there's 10,000 people I could have picked Mm -hmm. other than Elon Musk to have written about. Howard Hughes, I hear he's dead. (laughs) Edison, Ford, (laughs) Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Edison was an asshole. Uh, No, do not do live people. Stop. You can't. You know They're not done yet. In this podcast, we've yeah. done four different instances where you've given me advice <laughs> and I've actually taken it because I'm not open loop. I get a okay, okay, good. Dead. I think I'll promise you. Dead. I'm not sure, but I promise you the next one will be somebody who's been dead. For at least a century. Anyone dead, Walter, please, for the love of God. Anyway, I really appreciate you. have been a very good sport about this. Um, and, uh, and do and, remember, uh, when your burn book comes out, I get to turn tra- the tables. You can burn me as much as you want. No, I get to get you, know you on stage. It's funny. It's actually funny. So it'll. it's tough, but it's very funny. So I think you'll enjoy it. But we'll see. You can tell me honestly. I and I, I will take your honest uh, feedback completely. And I'm fine if you don't like it. Fine if you do. As long as I sell books, as you know. No, I, here's another thing I don't believe. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you're happy only if it sells books. I think you're going to want to make sure that people... 
maybe not me, but people like me kind of say, all right, that was pretty good. I'll yeah, like that. that is correct. You got more of an ego than you have a pocket. Oh, are book. you kidding? Are you kidding? I have an enormous ego and I'm also, I don't know if I'm a narcissist, but I'm an egomaniac. Anyway, um, Walter, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate that he actually responded to the criticisms mm-hmm. that were being leveled against him by various criticizers or viewers. And he was saying, okay, I cop a plea. Yeah. You know, I should have covered the Tesla thing. But he he wouldn't cop a plea to the—he landed a rocket on a surfboard argument, mm-hmm. or he mm-hmm. he replaced a rocket door with a toilet latch or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a fair response. I think, I think, think? he has it in a point of view. I just think mm-hmm. there is an idolatry of these people that goes so far, and I don't— by the idea, which he does have quite heavily in his book, that demons cause this. Mm. He did quote uh, Grimes saying that. And I, I'm sorry, I just don't think she knows what she's talking about. I don't think that demonic behavior breeds creativity. I just don't. Yeah. I think that is really not true. It is just mm. not true. It's simply not true. Yeah. I think he tried to ask you if you had demons. It's like, well, stick on task. We're talking about you Elon know. right now. Listen, I had a terrible stepfather. I, I, I don't I scream at everybody. I don't say ter- transphobic things. I don't attack mm-hmm. the ADL. Like, it's yeah, just, of course. like, come on. And lots of people have issues with their parents. So I think that that's it. You know, even that conversation around that bullying story you get in the prologue, it's like, going to print with that. He's letting people kind of choose their own adventure. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously done a lot of sourcing and fact-checking throughout the book, but in this particular story, there's an ambivalence that lets you hold an ambivalence they're, the they're, Look, they're pinning the whole thing on the old man, and maybe mm-hmm. he was terrible, but now Elon is an adult yeah. and a man. He's 52. So let's get some help if this is a problem. We couldn't get Walter to take a position on Elon one way or the other. He noted yeah. he likes Tallulah, he likes Grimes, he said that, but he didn't. He wouldn't cop to liking Elon. And I thought he wouldn't his, say he liked him or yeah. he disliked him. I thought his defense of that non-position was compelling because it was he was effectively saying it depends which Elon is showing up. Right. There's many Elon. I think that's not an excuse. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know, metaphor is ridiculous. That doesn't exist in society. You don't get to be shitty in one part and a killer in the other. You just don't. You're it's the whole person. And one of the things I'm thinking about a lot is because Christiane Amanpour is 40 years at CNN. She's great. You know, be truthful, not neutral. And Mm -hmm. that is what I feel like. I think he's been truthful. But he's been neutral. What we tried to do in the shape of this interview is like we kind of knew he wasn't going to take a position on Elon, mm, but we I thought he might. Oh, you? Well, I I feel like what we wanted to do was that series of questions, which is take a position on Elon's positions, which tells right. you a little bit more. Yeah. And him taking even that first answer to the woke mind virus that was right. a really interesting. Yeah, he he likes to equivocate. He's correct in that we should have looked at things harder, but not in the mm-hmm. way he. But you can still be. You can still have a point like a little factoid of point, yeah. be a jerk about it. The way he was in our interview was he was questioning the COVID stuff, but in yeah. a way that was cruel without knowledge. Exactly. He was being authoritative and he was being self-interested. In the case that yes. it was keeping his factory open was right. his big, you know, So was he his may big, have had a point. Yeah. Maybe we should have looked at it harder, but he wasn't right. Yeah. I do think, and having read the Jobs biography and the Musk biography, I don't actually think that Walter is harder on Jobs and Musk. I think they both come off as assholes in different ways. I, I do think that obviously Musk's crimes are greater and you feel that when you're mm-hmm. reading this book. I mean, they're they're listed for you. Some are not fully delved into. He couldn't get access to the daughter. That was mm-hmm. interesting. But th- they are set up in that way. And I, I think there's also a truth to the Overton window having shifted that 
that Elon, you know, behaved in these little ways before, and now he's behaving in these these All ways. All the time. All the time, he exactly. Has no, he has no governors now. And his excuse for behaving that way isn't for when he does it, his dad. It's the culture. The culture yeah, is the I reason he well, has it's, to it's be this way. what happens when people become rich and unaccountable. This yeah. In the worst case. In the best case, they become responsible people. But much of the time, this is precisely what happens. When you get licked up and down all day, this is what happens to you. And when yeah. you have when you have very severe challenges with your early childhood and your mental state, this is what happens to you. Well, let's see what Walter writes next. He shouldn't write about Trump next. I think no. that would be bad for his career. Yeah. No Trump. No, <laughs> no Trump, Walter. Yeah. Uh, maybe a nice person. Right, who changed the world. There's lots of them. There's lots of them. Anyways, we will see who he writes about next. And let's go eat crawfish and drink whiskey. Yeah, right. I didn't drink whiskey. He just uh, He did. I didn't. But yeah. that makes for the good meeting, Kara, because then yeah. you learn things. That's exactly right. Can you read us out, please? Today's show was produced by Naeem Araza, Christian Castro-Rossell, Megan Cunane, and Megan Burney. Special thanks to Kate Gallagher and Mary Mathis. Fernando Aruda engineered this episode. Our theme music is by Trackademics. If you're already following the show, you get a bucket of crawfish and a double shot of whiskey. The crawfish is delicious, I have to say. If not, it's Shodan for you, which is stuffed pig stomach. Go wherever you listen to podcasts, search for On with Kara Swisher and hit follow. Thanks for listening to On with Kara Swisher from New York Magazine the Vox Media Podcast Network and us. We'll be back on Thursday with more.